Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SB Nation. And Len Martez, the NFL season is here. We are here to preview the Bucks' first regular season game, Sunday Night Football, September 11th against the Dallas Cowboys. A bit of deja vu from last year, even though that was on Thursday, not Sunday night. As I said, this is Downey and Martez. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com. A ton of stuff uh, leading up to the game and during the game, after the game as well. Keep BucksNation.com and your regular rotation of websites. And I already mentioned his name. He is the Martez half of this duo. He is number one in my heart and yours. He is the one, the only, Len Martez, a.k.a. on Twitter, at Elmar810. What's up, man? Just letting you know the amount of days before the season starts. What do you see? Number one. You you just see a one. You don't see a number one. You just see a one. (laughs) That finger tells us there's only one day left. Before football starts, man, I can feel it. I hear it. I can feel it. You want? I can feel it. <laughs> My bones hurt a little bit. <laughs> like, ooh, that's a nice hit. Ooh, yeah. Ready to roll, man. Let's start the 2022 season in Dallas on Sunday night. We've got the appetizer that was a great college football weekend to open uh, to get our football appetites wetted last weekend. Thursday night football, a possible Super Bowl preview. We'll get into that later when we make our Super Bowl picks, but we're going to fast forward to Sunday night first. But before we get into that, I want to just discuss the couple of uh, storylines from throughout the week here concerning the Buccaneers. Uh, Before we fully get into Sunday and the things that could definitely impact Sunday that came out concerning the Buccaneers injury report and an updated Buccaneers depth chart, which I will give myself credit for here in a couple minutes, but I want to get into what Jamel Dean. No, not Jamel Dean. The sec, the number two running back on this on this football team according oh, no, to no, the no. depth chart. Yeah, now. no, no. But no. first, yeah. let's get into. He's let's not the number into, two running back. He might be the number. He might be the the, the kickoff returner, but he ain't the it, number two running back. According to the depth chart, he is. Relax. We all know. All right. All right, Lynn. Inside is uh, no. <laughs> Drew Rosenhaus, agent to the stars, including Rob Gronkowski, came out again. This is about as old, this is about as, old as, 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 uh, as the Brady wanted to play for this team, that team, and every other team. Saying that That's at the top of the list, and the Gronk stuff's right behind it. Saying that Rob Gronkowski might return. And then fuel to the fire, uh, there's this Tom Brady commercial out with Morgan Freeman talking about maybe I just missed my friend. Some people are equating that to Rob Gronkowski. Is this, and then the, the 6 million that they cleared in cap space with restructuring Shaq Mason's deal. To me, that's just to make room for roster adjustments to, for injuries throughout the season more than anything else. But a lot of people are equating this, that it's not going to be December when Rob Gronkowski possibly comes back. He could be back before, sooner than most people think i agree with you that this is that this is old and there's not much fire to this smoke but 
do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think it's more likely that Gronk comes back now that more and more stuff like this is coming out? Yeah, you tell me you disagree, but you you bring this up as the first topic in, in the podcast. Wanted to get it out of the way. No, because I'm going to tune out. And if people are as tired as I am about him not coming back, him undecided, him coming back, they're going to tune if you out. Watch, if you watch Buck's Twitter, this is it's the rage right now. Yeah, so was, so was Tom wanted to play for the Niners. Tom wanted to play for the charges tom wanted to play for the dolphins it's the same stuff people are bored and don't say twitter to me as much as i i I may be a part of it there's certain things i don't like about it definitely in the comment section all you gotta do is post something and have and have 20 crazy comments to follow it that's number one uh but as far as ground's concerned i mean dude once september starts what's done is done Mm-hmm. Like you're not all of a sudden just gonna add a guy and be like, oh, you haven't you, you haven't practiced all year, you haven't been in pads all year. Like when you bring up the conversation back in June and even July, I'm like, yeah, if the dude wants to miss training camp and just want to come back and and get ready through the preseason and then play the regular season, that's great. We've seen it happen before. He would it wouldn't be unprecedented. Like, I, like I've always said, I said, Michael Strahan did that pretty much his last year, 2007. year they beat the pa- Patriots. Mike's like, nah, I'm not playing. <laughs> nah, I'm not playing. <laughs> nah, I'm not playing. And as soon as preseason starts, he puts on that 92 and he starts playing football. That's how he did it, because he didn't want to be in training camp. But Bucks can talk about, when I say Bucks, I mean Bucks fans, can talk about Gronk coming back. But Grant hasn't said he wants to play football. He said the opposite every time he's asked. And everybody, and everybody that, that that's around him that brings it up, whether it's whether it's his girlfriend slash fiance, whether it's his agent, I'm wondering if they're like bored. Like, yo, like this is like a. Are you tired of him being around? You it's like a social, yeah, it's like house? a social media thirst trap. It's like, why are you, like, why are you thirst trapping us with, 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 with football news, man? Because this ain't news. It's not news. Not bad. He hasn't said he wants to play football. Dude's like, you know, whether it's Serena evolving and Tom Brady eventually next year, if he gets out of the game, going into the steps in regards to, again, evolving and not using the R word. Grok's not talked about that. He says he's not retired. He's just doing other things. And that's where he's at. So the other folks that, you know, that talk about him about coming back to play football, you go put the pads on. Because <laughs> that's basically what Gronk is saying. Now, a week from now, if he's back, okay, uh, you know, I'll eat, I'll, I'll eat whatever you put in front of me and be like, these onions taste good <laughs> because I'm dead wrong. But as of right now, the dude has given me no indication that he wants to play football. Zero indication. All right, now let's get into more pressing matters that are going to impact. This Sunday, Sunday Night Football, before we get into a discussion, which I think it's going to be a debate about the second team running back on this football team, let's get into what the injury report said in terms of Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin was listed as a full participant in practice today, but we like to talk about the greats that cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Greg Allman's one of them. He put out there on Twitter that it's looking less he put out there before this came out that it was looking less likely 
that Godwin would play this Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. When you and I have no full inside information into this, but what is your gut telling you? Is number 14 suiting up against Dallas on Sunday night? No. Okay. I mean, no. You think the, full, the full participant in practice is just him more getting closer to a return? Full participant in the standpoint of what? He still hasn't he he still hasn't gotten in, involved as far as getting hits concerned. Full yeah, but I mean they're doing less. They're they're you're not really going to be doing that in practice during the season. Though. That's my point. Yeah, that's exactly my point. That allows you to be a full participant because okay. you're not doing that. That's my point exactly. You know, if you if you said to me he's a full participant, and it's early August, I'm like, ooh, okay. Because they're doing things that they do in September, October, November, December. Right now, in the in the midst of the regular season, once the regular season, this is regular season. Regular, you don't have to play a game to be in regular season mode when it comes to the NFL. NFL team starts regular season mode as soon as they're fifty three. It's settled. So that first week, boom, you got a press conference on Monday. Tuesday, team's off. You're in the building for doing something. And then Wednesday, you start preparing for the team you're going to play, unless you're playing Thursday night. Everyone in the NFL started their practice week on Wednesday. You know what they're not doing? They ain't doing what they did two weeks ago or three weeks ago. There's not much going on. So he can be a full participant. That doesn't convince me in regards to him playing the first week. So what's your measuring stick on him returning? Because you mentioned that Time. he needs to, that he needs to get hit first, but now it's pretty clear that his first full speed contact is going to be in whatever regular season game he comes back in. Time. And only one person knows, too. All for all the people that you can bring up that cover the Buccaneers that have been there for years with us. All right. My man, Mount, Mount Rushmore, Rick Stroud, you mentioned Greg Allman, Athletic, all the people. Oh, Scott Reynolds, John Lane, well, whomever. Throw them all out there. And everybody that's part of Bucks Nation, they don't know. There's only one person that's going to know time to go. <laughs> and that's 14. Because that's who has to get over it. 14 has to get over it. 14 has, has to mentally be ready to play. Physically? He might be getting close to that point. Mentally, he has to be at that point where he trusts that knee. And I, don't big, think, and I don't think he's there yet. How big of a loss is it that the Bucks aren't going to have him for Sunday night? And let's start to preview the game. And what kind of success, where do you think the Bucks are going to have success on offense against Dallas? Because... I'm looking at this game a little bit differently than I did last year. Both of us didn't expect a very close game going into Thursday night football opening night in 2021. And the Bucks had to get a last second field goal from Ryan Suckup to win that season opener. Now Dallas impressed, won their division last year, uh, had a much better season than they did in 2020. So some people are expecting this game to be closer than it was last year, but you can't get much closer than a uh, than a last second field goal. I mean, the spread's two and a half, and it's it's gone yeah. up from it's gone up from pretty much a pick'em to two and a half. Bucks are favored on the road, but as far as the game's concerned, I mean, 
when it comes to the actual game, whether it's going to be close or not, yeah, it's going to be close because it's two teams that both teams were in the playoffs last year. One team won 12 games, the other one 13. They had a close game last year, week one. Neither of us did pick Dallas to make the playoffs this year, though, when we talked about it last week. Yeah, because they got issues. Okay. Like you, they got issues. All right. For one, when you talk about this game being close, it potentially could be close. But when it comes to the Bucs winning this football game, one of the issues that I can bring up as regards to them, the Cowboys not making the playoffs, is their run defense. Like on Sunday, if, if, if Ronald, if Ronald Jones, if Leonard Fournette, if Leonard Fournette gets 25 carries, he might not see the ball that much. He I was going to say, do you think that that's might, the game plan he, he with he the might, run defense that Dallas has? You think we're going to yeah. see a run heavy attack on Sunday? Yeah, night? I think so. I, I think, I think I mentioned 25 carries. Let me put it this way combination of carries and, t- of carries and, and, and catches. He gets his touches. If he gets 30 touches, the object was to, to exploit the, the Cowboys' defensive line, which is soft. Their linebackers aren't, aren't very good. I, I know Michael Parsons is a beast. I understand that. Which I think is the biggest difference in terms of looking at Dallas's defense this year going into that game versus last year, because last year he was a rookie and we didn't know what Michael Parsons was going to be in the NFL yet. Yeah, but he can't play inside. <laughs> that's, yeah, their, yeah. that's their problem now you might say the flip side to that is and cowboy fans might be like well one inside you got a new left guard you got a new center and i understand i get it i understand that but here's the test this is your test like it ain't gonna get easy the next three right this is your test if you want to this is probably i will say with the saints also okay offensively this is probably the weaker of the four offenses that they're going to face. As surprisingly as that sounds, you want to know why? Because one, the Cowboys' power, their strength offensively is running the football. Their offensive line, not as good as it was last year, which is one of the reasons, like I said, their D-line offensive line is the reason why I have not picked them to make the playoffs this year. But as far as the Bucs are concerned, when you think about the, the Cowboys' strength, was the offensive line and running the football last year? It's not going to be that this year. Plus, the Bucks stopped the run. So, when it comes to playing the offense, they're going to play the first four weeks. This might be surprising as it sounds. This might be the lesser of the four, even with the Saints on the schedule, right? Because you play KC, and you can talk about Tyreek here being there or not. Doesn't matter. They got three or four wide receivers. They're going to spread you out and make. You can say they may not have a number one, but they sure got a two, three, and four. Okay, they got wide receivers, and they, they got, got a, a number one. He's just he's just not considered a wide receiver. And, and they got a, and they got a tight end who's number yeah. the best tight end in football, arguably. He may not do all the things you want him to do, but he does what that offense needs. And then on the flip side of that, you go um, you play the Packers, right? You play the Packers who've already told you, yeah, we don't have same thing. We don't have a number one wide receiver. But we got a two, three, four, and guess who we got also? <laughs> we got two running backs that are going to carry the football a whole lot, and those two guys can catch the football, and those guys are going to get their touches too. Okay? So balance-wise, this may be the week of the four teams that are going to play in the first four games. You might think that's crazy, but it's not because without having Gallup for the Cowboys 
And also the fact that, again, their offensive line is what it is, and their strength is supposed to be running the football, this offense is not going to be as good as it was last year. How do you think Dallas is going to try to attack the Bucks' defense? Do you think it – are they going to try to have a run-heavy game plan with, with Pollard and Elliott, or you think they're going to the, try and air it out a little bit with that? No, they're, they're, they're going to be balanced and want to have some type of running game, but that's not the way they're going to attack the Bucks because that's, that's a losing battle. Even, even, even with out the guy that I thought should have got re-signed and is still out there, you want to talk about a guy that wants to play football. It ain't 87. <laughs> it's 93. <laughs> and I ain't talking about the old 93. <laughs> I'm talking about the last three years, 93. Yeah. And that's in Dominican suit. Okay. That dude still wants to play football and he's been open about it. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I want to be wrong. Because it's not good for the Bucks if I'm not. But they're going to miss that dude. Whether it's whether it's an injury, whatever it is, play, they're going to miss and Dominican Sue. I'm with you. But but point being is their defensive line is still going to be in the, especially in the middle, still going to be really good. And not not to mention the fact that you got the whether they get the respect they deserve or don't, we know better. And you've got arguably the two best inside linebackers in football in David and White. So they're not going to be able to run the football. That's why teams are not able to run the football. So the is reason, Dallas the reason why, six, So if we're on here next week talking about an 0-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team, it's because Dallas's passing attack beat up on the Bucs secondary? That and the fact that they weren't able to protect Tom. Okay. <laughs> because as much as I mentioned in regards to Dallas is maybe a little bit soft in the middle of the interior defensive line, you know where they're not soft? On the outside. <laughs> so they may get to top and they may not be able to protect Tom. And I'm not saying you're going to look up and see Monday morning seven sacks. I'm not telling you that, but – Pressure. I think they're gonna have to. I think they're gonna have to get a little bit exotic with it with the blitz packages because the two constants and the two best parts of this offensive line are the tackles. I don't see Smith and Worfs getting beat straight up a bunch of times. But if you're bringing those edge guys and doing stunts and having them rush inside on a rookie like Gedeke or even somehow blitz on the center and Hainsey, that's what I think you have to worry about. And I think that that could be. If they get trouble, it's going to be pressure up the middle, but it's going to bring be bringing those outside guys inside. I as I agree with you on the interior of Dallas's defensive line. I don't see them dominating, but I can see some creative blitz packages causing the Bucks trouble. Here's the bottom line. Bottom line is until they prove otherwise, teams are going to attack the left guard and that center. Until they prove otherwise. Until they Proven to teams till there's film out there that says you can't attack them up the middle. Teams are going to attack them up the middle. Whether it's a team that has the ability to get to the quarterback with their four or their three, or if it's, if it's a team that exotically is going to come at Tom Brady. One way or another, you're going to find out. Bucks are going to find out whether or not the left guard in the center can handle the pressure that teams are going to bring at them. And it's going to come early, dude. 
It's going to come Sunday night. And it's going to come against Green Bay. And it's certainly going to come against New Orleans. All right. Those guys are going to get tested real soon. But the reason why I say in regards to the pressure being coming from the outside is not only from a talent standpoint, because now all of a sudden, you know what you don't have? You don't have 8-7 out there. Yeah. Okay. 8-7 might as well have been offensive line slash tight end or tight end offensive lineman Rob Gronkowski. That's how good of a blocker that he was. You don't have that guy anymore. And we can talk about Rudolph. We can talk about Cam Bray. I understand those guys be out there. And, and maybe the younger guys who are more inclined to block, the guys they drafted, I'm talking about the tight ends, maybe they get some action. Maybe they see that. But the reality is they're going to miss Rob Gronkowski. And it's games like this that they're going to miss him the most because of that pressure coming from the outside and you being able to full-blown mass protection and that guy, 8-7, was part of that mass protection. Now you don't have that anymore, at least the quality of it. Let's talk about the Rashad White thing. Buck's depth chart comes out. He's listed as the number two running back and the kick returner. Two things I want to tackle with you on this. Number one, you mentioned that you don't necessarily think he's the number two running back on this football team. I want to ask you why you don't believe that, even though the Bucks brought him up over Keyshawn Vaughn. Giovanni Bernard is listed as number four right now according to the Buccaneers official depth chart and also the kick returner thing the fact that that's not Jalen Darden and the fact that the Bucks have another guy that they trust returning kicks to me that makes the Tyler Johnson thing even weirder I don't necessarily agree with the Tyler Johnson thing I mean yeah you can go there if you want that's not the thing the thing that I'll touch on that you want to pat yourself on the back is, is this until he plays more then Keyshawn Vaughn, until he's out there when Fournette needs a blow and it's third down or second down, it's a passing down, then you can pat yourself on the back. Until that happens, then we'll then you can pat yourself on your back. Right now, we haven't played a game yet. We have not played a game yet. So I'm still of the notion that you're talking about a rookie going out there on second and third down, all right, and protecting protecting that dude when it happens then you can pat yourself on the back i'm not there yet not there yet play games first all right official prediction on the game i'm gonna go 31 20 bucks win and it is not as close as last year maybe i'm just blindly dismissing the cowboys but i think that tom's gonna be out to to make a statement on sunday and i think the defense will play well i go 31 20 bucks you doesn't matter. Predictions are for, for, for nerds. 24-20, the Bucks win. All right. Predictions are for nerds. I'm only doing it because you asked me. I mean, I, I can, hey, I can sit it out. That's <laughs> next week. I, I'll sit it out. I, no, I, just, I mean, predictions are for nerds. Maybe you are a nerd, too. So we're going to keep the – We're going to keep – Here's the reason why I say this, okay? Uh, uh, other than the fact that sometimes I pat myself on the back and you certainly and you certainly <laughs> you certainly want to hide like a mushroom because <laughs> of your predictions. We don't do it based off of who's going to win games. We do it based off of situations and, and things that we, we, yeah. we say and whether or not that lasts or not. But the prediction as far as games are concerned, for the most part, who's going to remember? I can sit here and tell you the Bucks are going to win 55 to nothing. Nobody's going to care. That's why I say it's for nerves because nobody but. cares. You and I, you and I were once both part of, okay, a certain Saturday morning radio show. And those nerds 
<laughs> did predictions every, and every I was, Saturday yeah. for Sunday games. And then we did it, and then we did it on Friday when we were Monday through Friday. Who gave a crap about those games? Who gave a crap about those predictions? All it did Fucking was waste John, time. That's it. All it did uh, was waste time. That's all it did. Waste time. Like you're doing now with me right now. All right, but we will we will give each other crap throughout the season on our postseason predictions and who ultimately we picked to go to the Super Bowl. Last week, we did all of our playoff uh, predictions, a lot of agreement on the division winners, not so much on the wild card winners. Super Bowl prediction. The AFC is very deep, but I think that one team in the AFC has the best roster in football. And if it's ever going to happen, this is the year that it's going to happen. I think the Bills go to the Super Bowl. I predicted they were going to get there last year against the Bucks. Very controversial way that it didn't happen. I think the Buc- the Bills stack up as the best team in football right now. As far as the NFC goes, I think that the, if it's not one of three teams that make the Super Bowl in the NFC, I'd be very surprised. Just hedge. Right. What's up, hedging? Just pick a team. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm putting my reasoning to this because it involves the Buccaneers. Rams, Packers, Bucks. If it's not one of those three teams, I would be surprised in in the NFC. So now I look, those were the three biggest contenders last year, other than the 49ers as well. I look at the I look at the Packers. Are the Packers better than they were last year? No Devontae Adams, I don't think so. Are the Rams better than they were last year? Are they worse than they were last year? I I think the Rams are pretty much status quo. Are the Bucs going to be better than they were last year with the pieces that they lost on the offensive line and Rob Gronkowski and maybe and Jordan Whitehead not being on this football team? I'm not so sure. You, so and, I, and and a new head coach. Exactly. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go that what we see on Thursday night football, the first football game of the season, is the last football game of the season as well. I go Bills and Rams in the Super Bowl with the Bills finally making Bills Mafia happy. All, all that to get to the Bills-Rams. I was just explaining my reasoning why I go Rams over Bucks or Packers. Again, predictions, nerds, nobody cares. I'm doing this, I'm doing this in protest. <laughs> <laughs> if nobody a- cares, you need to stop bringing it up when I'm wrong. <laughs> when you're wrong? No, because, because sometimes your predictions are outlandish and they, <sighs> they just have me shaking my head. It's like, what? Really, Kyler Murray? Um, no, I'll go. I, I I agree with the Bills. I I mean, the Bills Mafia deserves deserves a winner, but but more so than deserving a winner, they have the best they have the best football team, and they potentially yeah. have the best quarterback in the AFC. We can talk about Mahomes. We can talk about uh, Lamar Jackson. We can talk about Justin Herbert. Right now, the best Joe Burrow. I just named four guys that are better than Joe Burrow, um, but Josh Allen. Best all-around quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, I like Herbert too, but Herbert's on a team that, until pro- proven otherwise, um, they need to find out how to win close games. And he but, doesn't have playoff experience like Allen. The, the Bills are stout. Did I interrupt you when you when you did your Sorry. diatribe about about who's going? I mean, you did keep saying three teams. You, you did keep telling me to keep going, keep going. You kept picking, you kept throwing out olive branches about three different teams. I'm not gonna go through all that. I'm, I'm picking. Uh, the, I'm picking the Bills. I'm gonna do it, man. And I know this is gonna be crazy. But if this Super Bowl is gonna be played outdoors, 
It would be a cold one. If this one was played in one of these two stadiums, it would be a cold one. So you're not picking the Bucks and you're nope. not picking the Rams. Nope. Are you picking that third team I mentioned in the yep. NFC? Yep. Bills Packers. Like I said, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna remember this in, in December, January. So I can go out on a limb and pick a guy that's been immunized. <laughs> no, but listen, the reason why I'm reason why I'm picking the Packers, and, and I've always been I've always been here with the Packers when it comes to getting an NFC championship game. I mean, we've been here, right? Last year, San Francisco took them out. It's like, and I and I picked them knowing that potentially they could lose any playoff game they play. They've already shown you that. They've shown you that already, right? Last year, I'm thinking like, oh man, this is the year. Green Bay, they scored 10 points against the freaking Niners at home. I mean, and you know, and you know they're going to end up with home field advantage. You already know that. They play in the NFC North and I mean, you may talk about teams getting better in the NFC North, like Detroit, even Minnesota, like that, you know, hires an offensive coach to get the ball to Justin Jefferson, Cook, and Cousins. But Minnesota's not going to be any better than they were the last couple of years. So with that, Green Bay's going to win that division. They're going to win a division. You know what they're going to do? They're going to win 13 wins. You know what they're going to do also? They're going to home field advantage. You know what they should also do with home field advantage? Make the damn Super Bowl. So I'm picking them. Bills, Packers, Super Bowl. Both Bills, of us Mafia, Bills Mafia gets what the great Jim Kelly couldn't do because he was playing against teams that just had better defenses, and they get their Super Bowl. A lot of tables will be broken if both of us are right in terms of our Super Bowl champion. When we come back next week, we will be talking about an either 1-0 or 0-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers football team and we will preview a big rivalry game in week two against the new orleans saints and we'll also take a whirl around the nfl look at the other interesting results from this past weekend and look ahead to the rest in week two until then he is len martez follow him on twitter at elmar810 follow myself on twitter at td experience check out bucksnation.com every day leading up to the game and especially on game day until next week this has been downian martez a bucks nation podcast.